0: Hello, welcome to another From the Rookery End. My name's John, uh, and this week's podcast is the first of two. Uh, This podcast is post-West Ham. It was a 3-1 defeat. But Jason and Mike were at the game, and they're going to pick it apart and and find some positives somewhere along the line. But we will do another podcast after the Coventry game in the week uh, in the Carabao Cup, Milk Cup, Littlewoods Cup, whatever cup you want to call it. So we hope you can join us for both those podcasts. So let's see how we find Jason and Mike after Saturday's game.
1: So you join us outside a sweltering Vicarage Road, Jason and I'm Mike. Uh, if I'm sort of taking my time, we're, trying to, we're all trying to compose ourselves so we don't uh, don't jump off the deep end too much. But, uh, Jace we'll start at the beginning. Can you put some meat onto the bones as well? Do you think that formation was and why you think he made those choices?
2: I mean, it looked like a 4-3-1-2, a really. I think probably a mixture of players or best players available to him and probably just to tighten up the midfield a little, we we saw against Brighton how we seem to to lack a bit, especially thinking back to the third goal then when Lewis Dunk just sort of strolled into midfield and and stroked the ball through for their, their third goal. Completely open gaps in the middle, and perhaps he did that just to try and tighten up the
1: the midfield. So was cleverly coming back in to sort of gum it up a little bit.
2: Yeah, and when he sort of he seemed to be the most advanced of the of the midfielders a lot of the time, and he seemed to be the one with the other three, I'm not sure the three quite got it today. At times we look they look good. At other times, particularly when we're defending, they looked a bit lost and not perhaps in the right place. But yeah, I think personnel and just 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 to try and
1: try and. Solidify the team, but it and, didn't work. Did and it? of course, yeah, try being the operative word because after what was it, three minutes, we found ourselves one-nil down. Another clean sheet bites the dust. Um, and just talk, can you talk, talk us through those first those first couple of minutes?
2: I mean, it was just awful. Wasn't it? We just got caught flat. I think it started with Delafoe going down in the penalty area, looking for a penalty that never was. And they've just, yeah, they've just sort of played the ball through our centre backs, caught flat footed, and we were just on the on yeah, just on the back foot from there on any Kafka, to be fair, did well to get back and sort of made a, a decent tackle, but couldn't quite get the ball away. It's then gone to the right. Foster's come out and it was just I think it was a, a lazy leg that got stuck out. Was it DeCorey? Decore, yeah, so yeah. I thought yeah, De sort of lazy leg and and down goes the plan. it was a clear, clear as day penalty. I mean, easy, yeah. easy decision for the referee. And that, I mean, that just sets you off on the back foot straight. Not what you need when, you, when you're when you still
1: sort of in your third game trying to pick up your first points of the season. That, that said, I, I must say, I didn't feel that the game was completely gone at that stage. Well, you'd like to think not, with 87 minutes to, to go. But what, what I thought Watford did quite impressively was actually they came back into the game fairly solidly. And really, f- until... 25 minutes to go when they went 2-1 up. There was only one team in, team in it, really. It's important to say that Watford's defence looked absolutely appalling throughout, didn't it? And I think that really probably is the elephant in the room that we need to address, isn't it? Yeah, oh, I mean, it, it was. And, and yes, we did look good going forward. And yeah, actually, actually, probably an elephant on the pitch might have been a bit uh, <laughs> across the penalty area, but go on, sorry. Yeah, we did look good going
2: forward and we did look like, <laughs> funnily enough, we did look like we could score. Perhaps other teams would have scored with the, the chances we were creating. Equally, West Ham probably should have had a couple more. They should have been tuning up before we, uh, before we got our equaliser. At times, you're just sort of looking, looking at that back four, and just for me, there were some obvious issues going on out there, and, it, and it's just a bit worrying that we're not able to pick up on them. And one, Kiko Fornier, we said against Brighton how he looked the sort of almost the one positive going forward, trying to create something happen today. I thought he, he struggled today. Yes, he got forward well again, but the, the, the his crossing wasn't great. But defensively he was I, I mean there was just a massive gap mm. between him and Dawson. He had he had Hollabass tucking in, then Cathcart, then Dawson. And it was it was almost sort of schoolboy defending. He was sort of almost sort of touch tight to the man out wide, leaving a massive hole for for players to run through, and it and it didn't seem to change at any point. And then on the other side <laughs> They, 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 they West Ham really didn't exploit that perhaps as much as they should have done. On the other side, that's where they were getting all the joy. And what seemed to be happening there was one Holabas getting outpaced, I think, a few times. He was looking a bit tired early on, which is a bit worrying at this stage of the season. But also, every time they went down that side, it seemed to have an overload. There should have been someone there from midfield covering. And at times, there were various players in the midfield arguing with each other. At one point, I saw Decore and Kapu seemingly... Or oh, I think it was Capoue trying to tell Tacore T- what he was meant to be doing defensively. And we never seemed to, to get that clear in our heads what we should be doing defensively. And that's why every time West Ham got the ball, when they were counter-attacking us, they looked like they could score every opportunity.
1: I don't think it's over overstating to say that every time West Ham got the ball it was it was heart in mouth time, wasn't it? Because it was just like they would go go through it. But I thought Capoue was interesting. He was very, very deep, wasn't he? And him and Decore, we didn't get that engine room, did we? What we used to say so much was about Watford when they play well is that they transition well. That just wasn't happening at all, was it, really? No, and perhaps that's the negative side of having that sort
2: of 3-1 in midfield. Where we, we Actually, rather than having Will Hughes playing in that wide role and cutting in, he's actually designated as a more central player. And we're cleverly playing the, yeah, sort of that. I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, not really a number 10 because we had two players up front. But because you had those extra two players in the middle, I guess Kapu's remit was then not to not to be driving forward so much. And, and yes, he does that dropping deep thing quite a lot anyway. We see him sort of drop in between the two central defenders, particularly when we're trying to build from the back. But yeah, he wasn't getting us forward today. And the other thing about Kapu, and I think this is something I said last season, he was captain again today. He doesn't strike me as a captain. He's, he's not the man to an arm around the shoulder to cajole the players it just seemed that when we conceded when we were kicking off or sort of getting back into kickoff no one was really sort of heads were dropping it was no one was so he should have been there really sort of driving the place to get back into it and it, there was a little bit of it I think but just just not enough for a captain
1: I'll ask about Troy in a minute and about what his absence meant about that game but let's stick with the defense at the moment because it'd be wrong of us to to avoid that that massive issue another game without a clean sheet. Three conceded at home. That's six conceded in uh, in two games. It could have been a whole heap more. Jace, how do we fix it?
2: I would make personnel changes, I think, at this stage. We might as well. We, we, we go to Newcastle next week. That's an opportunity to pick up points. Uh, a place where we didn't get any points last year. There's a wrong we can write there. Um, and I would make changes. I, I've already mentioned Firminia, I think I'd bring Yan Matt back in at his previous home, of course. Yeah. Um, now, John asked us... Who would be the players to, that, that could make a difference to Watford this season who are going to step up? And I mentioned Christian Cabaselli to put pressure on on the centre-back pairing, and I don't think he's having to do too much at this stage to get a place in the side. It's probably too early to, to judge Craig Dawson, but why not change it? Why not put Cabaselli in alongside Cathcart next week? Let's not be afraid to, to change things. Um, the thing that does worry me, maybe, is that Javi doesn't always change things. He's hand forced this week with injury, Subs, perhaps, we'll talk about later on, but he doesn't make those too quickly. So perhaps he, he will stick with his settled centre, uh, centre-back centre pairing. But for me, I would change it. I'd, I'd tell Cabasele,
1: here's your chance. Get out there and show us why you should be in the first team. In for Dawson? In for Dawson. Because I, you know, I think the other thing that sort of... Craig Dawson I think you know three um, league matches into his Watford career I think it's it's a bit a bit hasty to start to start talking about how what sort of impact it had but what is noticeable is obviously from set pieces in the opposition half we've got one thing on our mind that's getting it in the box to Dawson and against a team like West Ham probably who we would say we're on a level with so defensively average I guess he didn't really have a chance did he? No no they seem to, to- Deal
2: with them quite well. I mean, their centre-back pairing—they are giants, big, huge, huge chaps. Which, <laughs> and, and without going off on a tangent, there's another thing that annoyed me earlier on today. First two balls up to Andre Gray.
1: I mean, he's never, never going to win those. Let's, let's have a positive, though. Well, you, you mentioned Andre Gray, then. I, I made a little note that just before he scored, um, I think it was Hughes put a lovely ball into the box from the right-hand side, where we did have quite a lot of um, joy in that, in that first half. We, we seemed to do really well on that right-hand side. Hughes put a perfect ball, landed on the penalty spot, where you expect to see a striker racing in, nod at home or volley at home, whatever you want to do. He missed it. He put his hand up and, and apologised to Hughes for not making the run, and I made a note. I thought, Ugh. But then, about a minute later... Took his goal and took it really well, didn't he? Trying to sort of watch him in, in Troy's absence and, and he was making was
2: making some runs, but there were a couple of times where we put balls into the cross and no one seemed to be there to attack them. I felt a bit sorry for him that every time Feo put a ball into the box, again he's sort of sticking it over his head to the back post where no one is running in, which, which yeah, wasn't wasn't great. But yeah, he took his took his chance well it was a, a it was a proper striker's finish wasn't it it's not something we've always seen from Andre but he took it well and at that stage he's sort of starting to think okay we've got back into the game Andre can score goals let's let, let, yeah let's let's crack on from here
0: a podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end more from Jason and Mike in a minute. Remember, we are going to be back later in the week with another podcast, but you can always get in touch uh, and get involved and give us your views and, and be part of this podcast by getting in touch on social medias at what podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter. But also, you can email us, podcast at fromtherecurend.com. Thank you very much to everyone who does send in their views. Uh, They're always very welcome, uh, and you can and, and do it as freely and as often as you like. But there isn't just Mike... Jason and I in this podcast there's also Arlo Mike's surname is Parkin His son called Arlo and this is our feature Michael Parkinson It gives me great pleasure to welcome
1: once again to Michael Parkinson Arlo Arlo how are you doing? Good You were at the game yesterday Yeah A bit disappointing but we try to be grown up about these things don't we we don't get um, we don't get too down so let's try and be a little bit balanced what was the best thing and what was the worst thing when you went to see Watford v West Ham?
2: The best thing was when grey equalised. And I've got two things. When in Beckinsale came
1: on. Oh, yeah, you enjoyed seeing them. Yeah. Who do you, how do you think they played? Good. Grey scoring and those guys coming on, positive. What was the, what was the worst thing about yesterday? When we conceded
2: our first goal
1: why the first instead of the second or third <laughs>
2: because
1: it was a penalty Now one more question I, don't, I only usually ask you one but are Watford going to be okay this season yeah good man thanks very much Arlo
2: bye bye
1: We'll sort of couch the next two together: substitutions and, and up front, because we saw Sarr and, and Welbeck come on for their home debuts. Uh, they were being prepared while the third went in, so a different game by the time they actually got onto the pitch. But let's talk about then substitutions in your view on on Javi and is and is it reticence to, to change it earlier in the game? Should we have have changed it at one all when we were when we were on top?
2: Yeah, it was it was too late. Now there's, there's, there is some statistical uh, analysis that. Uh, some guys have done some mathematicians, I think, and I, I the maths is, is is my bag. I love a bit of maths, and I think it's something like you need to make your first substitution before the 59th minute, the the second one before the 73rd, and the last one before the 70 something like that. It's it's, but the first one is certainly early on if you want to make a difference so that's sort of the optimum time to make that first substitu- substitution is before the hour mark and we very very rarely do and perhaps I, I'm not sure about other teams I don't really sort of study when they make their changes but but if you want to change a, a game
1: that's level or, or that you're behind in you make those changes early and well today, I d- the interesting thing I thought we were on top I thought from a footballing point of view Watford will w- far and away the better team we looked open but we looked more likely to score for a good 40 minute period in the in the middle middle chunk of the game so do we get do we cut having a bit of slack because we're on top or do we say right let's get our foot really on the jugular and go for it
2: a little bit and perhaps it's easy for me to say in hindsight because we end up losing the game but then to sort of make it's a common game. theme though isn't it <laughs> yeah it is a bit to, to we're on top we we're creating things then perhaps make one change perhaps bring well back on earlier, we like you say we're creating chances. we're looking like we can score, but it's that final thing. we're not actually scoring we, we we're not putting the ball in the back of the net. So what do you do to change that? and is that bringing on a well back or is it bringing on SAR for for Feo because I mean Dela Feo had a great chance first half, took too long. And at times where he's he's trying to put a, a cross in, or maybe looking for a shot when it's not on, the number of times he hit the man, the opposition player nearest to him with his attempted shot or cross was unbelievable. I lost count, and and that, perhaps that is the small difference. It doesn't take much to, to between a, a winning and a losing performance, and we've seen that today. West Ham have then gone and taken their chances when perhaps they weren't quite on top and all of a sudden they're the confident team and they've gone on to
1: win it. Straight after, of course, a really, really, really good chance for, for Will Hughes at the back back stick. We haven't seen it yet on the on the replay or on Match of the Day but from, from where I was sat, that looked like a... It looked like it flashed across and it came to him but half a yard out, back post to surround the ball and get it in somehow, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it probably came at him quick
2: and I don't know how far out he was from when he made his run but he got there. And, yeah, you've got
1: to be, yeah, I mean, he'll be massively disappointed he didn't turn that in. And I think, you know, we've talked about defence, but I think that the thing that I've got a bigger problem with than defence, which sounds a bit daft, having not kept a clean sheet since since February, the real, real issue and the real frustrating thing for me is that we have the ball in good areas for a lot of these matches. You know, I watched the second half of the, West, uh, the Everton game where I thought Watford again, football, from a footballing point of view, had a lot of the ball in good areas. Uh, wide getting into the box but then whether we're just lacking a little bit of whether it's confidence or whether it's decision making i don 't know what it is but you fix the defense chase how do we get this ball in the net because this is this is now a real issue isn't it we 've talked about how previously we've managed to, to rub off the the hangover if you like of the poor season we haven't done it this time and we look like we're going backwards fairly quickly so we're, we still I think the crowd are still sensing that we're going to get chances and opportunities. But we just aren't scoring. That's that's one goal in, in three games, without performing really really badly. But how do we so how do we fix it up top? Is how are we going to cope without Troy? Well, what we what we know is that we've we haven't seen
2: much of. We saw the debut of late in the second half of Ishmael Saar. We also saw a bit of Danny Welbeck today. How quickly they will come into the team? Uh, starters, I don't know. Might take a bit longer for Danny Welbeck given his injury problems. Looked good though today. But looked good, yeah. Looked good, looked lively. Sort of good, good touch him. There was a, there was a little, I think, a, a clearance or, or a long ball that he sort of took down well, controlled, and sort of passed all in one, all in one movement, and looked really, really good. Um, and again, you can see him trying to break the line, anticipating the, the crosses that, that weren't coming into the box at that point. Um, but you can you can see he's got it in his and his mind as a striker. He's a, a capable striker. What he needs is a service, um, and perhaps that will come from Saar, and we will see him in the first team maybe a, a lot quicker. And as we said before, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but he will bring something different, a different dynamic to the team. The only thing that worried me about him today is that when he was bought on. He seemed to be playing a bit more narrow than I would expect him to be. I want him to be out on the touchline, you know, sort of getting his, uh, getting that paint on his boots, as they say, and and sort of attacking players from out wide. A couple of times he did get out there, and there's a lovely little turn, to touch with the outside of his outside of his boot that sort of took two players out of the game. So again, there's a player that's got it in him to, to create things for us. Just need to get him in and playing and regularly part of the team, creating stuff at the moment, not putting the chances away, but. We will see things change, see things different in that
1: starting line-up in the coming weeks. Big questions then. Obviously, we'll, we'll talk about Newcastle briefly in a moment, but which is a huge, huge game all of a sudden. Not just potentially for our season, but maybe even for, for Watford Watford career. But... A real interesting fixture on the horizon on Tuesday night. Coventry, I don't know how they've done today, but they've made a reasonable start in their their league campaign. They're bringing a lot of supporters. Watford, um, it'll be uh, the atmosphere won't be one of the most vibrant on Tuesday. Although I did think it was good for large parts today. So well done to the uh, the 1881. I thought they made themselves heard today. On,
2: well, there's a point you, sort of, you talk about that, Mike, about the 1881. So we, we obviously talked about the uh, the problems with moving them last time out. They they sort of back to the, the left hand side, and um, yeah, apparently. Uh, Watford for Twitter was saying from their viewpoint that the uh, the Vic was was rocking at times, yeah. um, and obviously you've got your viewpoint from the
1: okay. middle of the Elton John stand. Yeah. And, and how did it sound to you? Good. Large parts it was very it was noisy. It was good and it was noticeable certainly in the in the first half with, with Watford attacking the Vicarage Road end, which is when it can be a little quieter. They were, they really did get the place going, and the Graham Taylor and Sir Elton John uh, were, were joining in a little bit. So yeah, it was it was noisy at parts. What I'd like, and this isn't a criticism, is when we are three one down. We want to be hearing some noise then. I know it's difficult. It's hot. We're tired. We're annoyed. We're frustrated. But yeah, I thought the I thought the atmosphere, all things considered, was um, uh, was absolutely fabulous today. And yeah, it sounded it sounded good. It sounded like a real Premier League sort of ding dong, ding dong match, which it was for large parts. It was a it was an entertaining fixture. It just uh, ended really badly.
0: A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans
1: this is from the Rookery End back to Kov on Tuesday then Jase you're Javi how on earth do you approach this game because another defeat against lower league opposition isn't going to sit well with, with supporters isn't going to play well for Javi as he looks to, to turn things round on you know, if you take into account last season's form a pretty dire run of, of form so uh, what's he going to do?
2: It's interesting. So we've talked about those two attacking players that haven't seen much football yet. So do you use that as an opportunity to give them some more game time? Now do you, is that planned substitutions maybe? I say, Is it a no-risk game for Javi? Because it is the League Cup. It's not the Premier League. We know a lot of Premier League teams will make changes. I, I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will make a big number of changes. And I talked about Cabotelli maybe coming in for Newcastle. Perhaps this is his opportunity. Give him 90 minutes on Tuesday night. Let's see how good you really are in a match situation. OK, it's not Premier League opposition, but... You've still got to go out there and and put in a performance. So a chance for players that are on the fringes, they'll have seen the performances. So They know that we haven't picked up any points so far in our Premier League season. So they must know, Okay, if I apply myself in training and I get a chance to show myself in in a competitive fixture, this could be my chance of getting to the team.
1: We've identified that Watford can't defend, they can't score. Um, John's not here, but if he was, he'd be he'd be on at us to uh, to come up with some positives. I'm going to sort of claim the midfield as as a vague positive, not not the the big names, if you like, but I thought Will Hughes and Tom Cleverley on his return, I thought both put in put in decent shifts today, and I think they'll be obviously uh, pretty peeved with the result, like the rest of us, but they'll they'll be pleased with their their performances. Can we take any any other positives from that from that afternoon? Mate, it's hard, isn't it? It's I I, I thought.
2: Foster looked a bit more confident today. There was um, that great save. I think uh, I can't remember who who, who ran through. Might have been Michel Antonio
1: um, for the just before the third. Just before, I'm not sure. It's
2: still one. It might be one at one all as well. Where he's come out and he's. Challenge the strike, uh, sort of punch the ball yes, away, yes, yes, yes. and then come out, and then sort of yeah, yeah. Put in a tackle whenever it was. that was following up. Might have been Fleepy Anderson if he was still on the pitch at that yeah, point. Yeah, very, very dominant, short. wasn't it? He yeah. came out, he'd
1: made his mind up, and went for it. It was uh, yeah, that was impressive.
2: And, it, and I don't think we'd we'd seen that previously yeah, so far this season. Point. So that that's better, and that's a, a bit more encouraging. But other than that, he's tricky. It is tricky to find any positives when you've lost your first three games of the season.
1: Yeah, by by some margin this afternoon, we've 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 come up short. So there you have it. It's finished here. Uh, Watford won, we scored, but the opposition have, have scored three. Serious, serious work to do then. Newcastle United on the horizon, Jace. How big is that game now? It feels big, doesn't it? I mean, I, I, I have a friend who's a West
2: Ham fan, and I sent him a message before, before this one saying, uh, in, in my seat, ready for the, uh, for the relegation six-pointer. Smiley, laughy, emoji thingy. Um, because, of course, I'm joking at this stage of the season. But you don't you don't wanna be stuck at the bottom of the table for too long. And you don't wanna be saying, Oh yeah, well we did well here, we look quite good in patches, oh yeah, we were on top but 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 for too long. But you don't wanna be plucky losers all the time. We used to be plucky losers yeah. back in two thousand and five, two thousand well, sorry, two thousand six, two thousand and seven, um, and we got relegated that year. We don't wanna be doing that again. So we need to we yeah, we actually need to put in good these good individual performances that we're getting from certain players, these good patches of dominance that we're getting in certain games where we're looking at the better team we need to turn those into points
1: yeah i was thinking exactly the same thing i was thought you know actually in the in the grand scheme of things it was actually was a there were some positives about the actual overall performance which is, sounds weird to say when we've identified both the defence and attack as being pretty pretty useless, but it was a reasonable-ish performance. But I think that's probably the sort of thing you'd have heard Fulham supporters say last year, Swansea supporters say the year before that, Villa supporters say the year before, decent in patches, ain't going to cut it in, in this division. Um, and we've, what have we played now? We've played Brighton and Hove. Uh, Albion, who I think have lost at, her, lost, lost at home today, we played Everton, um, who didn't look great last night against Aston Villa, and now we've been uh, pretty much dis, dis, uh, dismembered. Well, that sounds a bit harsh, but taken apart by by West Ham. And these aren't aren't good 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 teams. These aren't great teams. Um, you look about what's coming up. At some stage, you know, we've got Arsenal. Then we're going to have to play Liverpool. We've got Man City. We've got United. This could get could get ugly pretty quickly, couldn't it, Jace?
2: Yeah, absolutely. As I mentioned, United Palace have picked up points at United at United today. They they've won at United. Can you see us winning at United in this sort of form? We talk about teams at our level. Palace are, are very similar to us. We we've not got that in us at the moment. I don't think the way we're playing, despite the the, the sort of the good patches and the dominance, the, the the weaknesses mean that we are we will
1: not be capable of getting results like that. So the next seven days this time in seven days how much more will we know about our season we'll we'll know a little bit more um i, I probably would seven days place, worth more probably
2: yeah, i probably wouldn't place too much relevance on the coventry game i, I can't i can't see us playing too many first teamers that or players that have played big parts so far this season and if there is a giant killing that shouldn't have an impact on them or on the premier league season um but that Newcastle game is big. And then after that, it's an international break. And we don't want to be going into an international break sitting adrift with Neil uh, Poir. Um, and Javi won't want to be. And we are talking with, uh, bumped into Geordie earlier and uh, a long-time listener, David Mullins, um, uh, talking about this and saying, yeah, what happens in the international break if we haven't won any games? Do Are the Potsos in a position? It seems a bit crazy to say it, but... How long would the Pozzos want to go on trying to find out where we're going to pick up our first points from?
1: We've often defended um, the change of manager um, by saying, you know, you look at teams who have persisted with a, with a, with a manager or coaching staff that have ended the season poorly because they've gone into it. We mentioned about Villa earlier and, and, you know, Sunderland before them, Swansea. They both had, they've struggled. Kept the same manager, gone into the start of the next season, and and before you know it, they're behind the eight ball, and and we're not there yet. Um, we're absolutely not there yet, yet. It's the three, three, three games in. You don't want to throw the baby out of the bathwater, but you do see the bigger bigger picture. And the other thing about this this Watford team for me is that they've very very rarely shown. Um, that they're willing to dig in and turn around a poor run of form. I don't think we've seen it really happen since we've been back in the Premier League. We've had good results here and there, but when when the tide has turned against us, I'm struggling to think of when they've really managed to turn turn it back again. Well, I think I made this point on our on our WhatsApp. There was the when when Javi first came in,
2: he had to turn it around. That group of players uh, struggling under uh, uh, Marco Silva, who effectively down tools, it seemed. Um, but that was a poor run of form, and and confidence would have gone with that. So he would have needed to have put the confidence back into back into the team. And we came up against a a Chelsea side who, okay, they weren't they weren't great on the night, and we probably we got lucky that Bakayoko had a.
1: I've never a seen fit of,
2: a fit of rage, but we still had to go out and put a performance in. And, and when they equalised, when Hazard, Hazard scored. With about 10 minutes or so to go, you think, "Oh God, that's it. We've 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 blown this one. We've we've thrown this away." But they it saw it around. within themselves to turn it around, and 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 boy, did they turn it around at that point! So they we have done it with a with a lot of this group of players. A lot of them would have been there at that time. Yeah. So it's up to them and up to Javi to
1: to show they can do that again. I think, and I said this. I did respond. Uh, in this way, on the on the group, I think that was one game, and I think Chelsea were a, were absolutely appalling. You talked about Marco Silva downing tools. I've never seen a team down tools on mass like that. It was the, one of the most extraordinary performances from a from a visiting team I've ever seen. And yes, obviously it was an important win for us, and it basically probably kept us up in the in the scheme of things. I just have a doubt about these guys getting in the trenches. I don't think we've seen it enough when when the when the when the bad stuffs really hit the fan whether they've they've managed to turn it around. And I'm talking not just in a game when there's been a tidal wave of poor form, which, which you know, the tidal wave is probably a bit harsh, but we have had some bad runs. What I'm saying is we need to see some... We're going to find out a lot about these guys um, fairly quickly. But the sun's shining... Plenty of the season to go. We've got a a, a next assault on on a Wembley trip starts on Tuesday. A winnable game away on uh, on Saturday. The season just starting a little bit later, isn't it, Jace? Exactly. And you say it is a winnable game in Newcastle. This this is probably coming at a good time to us. And you talk about
2: the sort of that that Chelsea game saving our season, sort of turning it around for us. And that's all it takes. That's what it 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 will be a a a decent win, or maybe it's a, a scrappy late winner. And a, and a place like Newcastle, where if they've struggled to get their season going, if I mean their fans will know that we've been struggling. Yeah. If if we can get control of that game early on, if we are the team that is dominant like we were in patches today, their fans will get on their back. Um, we know that uh, in their, their manager in Steve Bruce probably would have been a popular appointment up on uh, up at St James's Park with the fans. So they will probably get. On his back quite quickly if we can can get on top in that game. So it is a, probably not the perfect opportunity, but a very good opportunity for us to turn our well, turn our season around, but to get our season going,
1: kickstart it, Harvey lads. It's over to you.